Good morning, my name is Beth Morgan. Today's scripture reading is Isaiah chapter 6, which can be found on page 571 of the Black Pew Bibles. If you don't have a Bible of your own, or if you know someone who needs one, please feel free to take one of the Pew Bibles as our gift to you. Again, that's Isaiah chapter 6. Please stand as you're able for the reading of God's word. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook, and the voice of him who called, at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. And the holy seed is its stump. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, part of Unity Sunday is a pulpit swap that black and white churches do together. Um, I uh, feel a little bit left out uh, this year because I'm here with you, which I love to be with you. <clears throat> but I don't get to preach at another church. We had a little bit of an imbalance. But we are blessed to have a great preacher with us this morning. I'm going to introduce Pastor Clarence Jackson. Uh, and he's going to come up in just one minute. He's from Grace Bible Church, where he is one of the pastors, one of the preachers there during their time of uh, transition. God is using him there. Uh, he, uh, I, I've known him for several years now, and here are three things that I take away from my <clears throat> friendship with Pastor Jackson. He's a man of the word, loves scripture, and you will see that as, as he preaches. When you talk to him, you hear a lot of scripture just coming naturally from his heart out of his mouth. He's a man of prayer. When he prays, you feel that he is talking to someone he knows, someone he trusts, and someone that he obeys in his life. And finally, the, the other impressive thing is he's an evangelist. Uh, he uh, worked at Boeing for many, many years, and also during that time led three different churches. 
And uh, he now goes and evangelizes regularly, goes door to door, shares the gospel with people. Great example for me and uh, for all of us. And he is a dear brother, so I'd like to welcome Pastor Clarence Jackson. Come on up and uh, please welcome him, and he will preach to us. Good morning. Can everybody hear me? Amen. I've been wanting if I had to adjust this this um, mic here, but um, as long as you can hear me, that'll be fine. Well, it's good to see you all this morning. Amen. Amen. If you're happy in the Lord, notify your face. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I said when um, I may be a nut, but I'm anchored to a good boat. I like, I'm, I, I like humor. Amen. I was always a humorous person. I don't believe that God saved us to be bored. I wasn't baptized in vinegar. Amen. It's so good to be with you all this morning, to be in God's house with his people. This is a beautiful experience. Amen. I've preached many messages, but this is one that I kind of tremble. I said, wow, I'm going to have to preach from Isaiah 6. Never did this before. And I thought about this gentleman. He was a stuntman in Las Vegas. And his stunt was to jump from a 60-foot tower into a little pool of water. And um, after the people had paid their fares to get in, uh, he began to appeal to the people, said, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very risky stunt I got to do. I have five little children at home I have to take care of. One inch to the left or to the right, it could cause my life. So he began to appeal to them, said, plead with them, take that. Don't do it, don't do it, don't jump. He said, thanks, the next show will be at 6 (laughs) o'clock. So so you don't don't have to do that with me. I'm going to try to do the best I can to um, preach God's word. Heavenly Father, touch your people once again with your holy, righteous hand. Let a mighty Russian wind come in Touch your people once again. And by your grace, Lord, give me the ability to share these truths. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love your pastor. He's a good man. Uh, I was looking at some words about Sergei. And in the Latin, and you know that word in Latin means servant. And I can truly say he is a servant of the Lord. Amen. I love his sincerity. I love his um, his faithfulness, uh, his seriousness. He's very serious about the body of Christ. And you are blessed to have a man like that. I'm quite sure a lot of churches would like to, you know, take him from you. But um, <laughs> if you show him that you love him and you support him, and that you're going to listen to the words that God has given him to feed you, you will be much blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, this is a very, very inexhaustible passage here, you know, the Isaiah. There's a lot in here. So I'm just going to extract some things. I do a lot of reading. When the Lord gives me something to preach on, I get up and I start writing it down. I don't want to miss something. Amen? So... 
lot of you probably won't see my eyes a lot. I'm like the pastor that was uh, trying to get his congregation to get to know one another a little bit better. He said, you guys probably don't even know the color of my eyes. He said, Deacon sort of said, Pastor, I can explain that. He said, explain it to me. He said, when you pray, your eyes are closed. And when you preach, our eyes are closed. <laughs> so I hope you don't close your eyes this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's turn to that. Um, you got your, the, the scriptures had already been read to, the, to our hearing. And um, I just want to make a statement before. Our emphasis on this morning is on the glory of God. God being on display, that's what I like to say. You know, even David says in the Psalms 19, he said the heaven declared the glory of God. Amen. He didn't say this from some class he taught. All he did was looked up in the skies at night and he seen the presence of God. The stars, the moon, the sun. They're God's silent missionaries. They tell the whole world if they listen to just, just see the stars and the moon and the sun. They said, it tell, it's telling us that God is here. God is available. God is on display here. He exists. He's a well and alive. And I thank God for that. Amen. And we, we worship God, you know. We worship with that awesomeness, that, that reverence, that, that, that holiness. He's such a holy God. And when we stand before him, you know, like Isaiah did, we have a different perspective. But sometimes when we come to worship, do we realize that God indwells us through the person of the Holy Spirit? And that should cause us to come into a, a period of awesomeness. The God that's in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. That should give us a different emphasis on our worship. Because sometimes it can be sinful if we're thinking about our problems, our situations in life, our struggles, our troubles. When we come to worship God, we should give him our undivided attention because he, he presents himself through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I would like to make a statement before we get into our passage today. The statement is how we view the Lord determines how we worship, how we serve, how we obey, love and respect or fear him. Our perspective of God should put us in a position of reverence that is holy, he's pure, he's well, he's just, and he's awesome God. We serve an awesome God. He's not some guy in the sky. He's an awesome God. He's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's omnipotent. He's why he's with us today in the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let us be sensitive to that perspective when we acknowledge him, we fear him. In verse 1, we find these words. I'm just going to extract a few things from these verses this morning because you cannot totally exhaust this. It's so, 
is so immeasurable. The word of God is immeasurable. You know, and I don't have to give too much comment. You know, one thing about God I've learned by preaching that there's not, you don't have to too much, do too much commenting on the word of God. It protects itself. The word of God is just like a lion that's in a cave, in a cage. All you got to do is let it out. Amen? You don't have to protect the lion. If you let him out, he'll protect himself. And that's what the word of God does. It protects itself. So as we read from uh, this uh, passage, Isaiah 6, it says, in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Uzziah died, but God was still on the throne. Amen. I don't know whether you have Uzziahs in your life, but I tell you, don't wait until they die before you see the Lord. Amen. Because Uzziah, even though he was a great man, he did a lot of accomplishment. And you know, sometimes we can get enamored by what we see other people do, and we forget what God has called us to do. And I think Uzziah had his eyes on Isaiah had his eyes on Uzziah instead of the Lord. Now, we've lost a patch about six or seven months ago, and there are people still struggling. They're still struggling because they had their eyes on Pastor Walker, and some of them have just almost come to a standstill because they had their eyes on a man, which was fallible. But God decided to take him. His work was finished. But his king was dead. Uzziah, the king, was dead. But his savior was still alive. No matter what happens, God is still on the throne. Amen. So the Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he that cursed it, he that put his trust in a man. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he will direct us. Amen. Seated on a throne. I believe he's seen the pre-incarnate Christ. Seated on the throne. High and exalted. That's where we want to give the image of God. He is higher than all. He's above every throne that ever existed because he paid the price to be on the throne of God. He set it at the right hand of the Father. They're sitting, I believe they're sitting on the same seat. Amen? Because he is God. Isaiah seen the, you know, when we experience the presence of God in our lives, we should have a different perspective of how we live how we treat others. You know, when I witness to people, I see an image of God. I see a soul. I don't look at a face. I see a soul. My aim is at a soul. Because if you look at their face, you might be distracted. And I look at that, I, I'm aiming at a soul that has eternal value. And I know that was made in the image of God. And they deserve salvation. That's what I look at. 
whether you're Hispanics, whether you Italian, whatever you are, I'm looking and I'm, I'm, I'm aiming at a soul. I want to encourage you, when you witness to people, aim at that soul. Don't worry about the face because the soul has eternal value. And when I witnessed the people, I asked him, I said, do you know how much you're worth? You're worth heaven's best. Some people don't have too much self-worth. But I tell them, I try to remind them, you're worth heaven's best. And he said, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I made a few observations about verse, this verse. And Isaiah, king had died, but his Lord was still alive. I believe, like I said before, Isaiah was speaking of the incarnate Christ. The year that King Uzziah died was approximately 740 BC. And he remained with leprosy until he died because he tried to take over the high priest's duties, and that was a violation. Look at 2 Chronicles 26. Go with me to 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 26, begin at the 16th verse. Second Chronicles 26, begin at the 16th verse. we'll find these words. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. It makes me think about something. No matter how much accomplished, what we accomplished for the Lord, we have to remain humble, submissive, faithful, Follow the orders, follow the rules. Don't get so high and mighty that you forget who you are. And we get pride, he got lifted up in pride. Pastor, always remember, this is the Lord that's working in you. We never want to take things into our own hand that to do in the will of his good pleasure. He became powerful, he became powerful. His pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him. They confronted him and said, it is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord that is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, and who have been consecrated to burn incense, leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord your God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, he became angry. Not a good position to be in when you're admonished by your peers to get angry and get arrogant and depend upon your own authorities and powers and your own past accomplishments. It's not a good thing to do. 
It's always good to listen to those that would come and admonish you. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, I think it's the 15th chapter, he said, we're filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God that we may instruct one another. The pastor need instructing sometimes if he's off course. The parishioners need instructing sometimes when they're off course. We do it in humility, love, and graciousness. He became angry while he was raging at the priest in their presence before the incense halter in the Lord's temple. Leprosy, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When we violate a biblical principle, look for judgment. I don't care how great you are, I don't care how much you've done for the Lord, there's something we just can't afford to make mistakes on because that was violation. Only the priest, only a priest was authorized to burn incense and make sacrifices the same way that Saul did in the book of Samuel. Instead of him waiting for Samuel to come to offer up the uh, sacrifices, peace offering, he did it within himself and God took his hands off of him. Amen? Amen. I, I really enjoyed that young lady when she was singing over there. She, she was uttering, so she couldn't maybe make clarity of the song, but I just praise God that she were able to utter and give praise unto the Lord in her own way. Amen? I just thank God for you, sister. Amen. God bless you for that. Amen. And we look in um, the second verse here. We find, go back into Isaiah, um, the um, sixth chapter. Um, he says, um, and above him were seraphims, each with six wings. With two, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying, and they were, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. This speaks of the Lord's, the good angels. But even as good as they were, with two wings, they covered their face. And with two, they, they covered the lower part of their body. This speaks of their great humility and reverence in their attendance upon God. And when we, when we come into the presence of the Lord, there should be some reverence. There should be some awesomeness. There should be some reverential fear, some humility. And I think we are, somehow we've lost that. In our churches today, we've lost that awesomeness. We're just, we're very flippant when we come for the Lord. The Lord said, if two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And we're, we're to reverence him. We're to acknowledge his worth. We're to worship and praise him. You know, when, you know, it's nothing wrong with raising your hands and praise the Lord. 
Amen. Because he's in our presence through the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, don't, don't, don't be like the guy says uh, when, he, when the guy put a gun on his back, he says, stick him up. He says, I can't. I'm not Pentecost. <laughs> don't fall into that situation. God inhabit the praise of his people. Amen. In other words, God, when, when we begin to worship and praise him, we, we urge you in his presence. Amen. We urge you in his presence. The holy angels, they recognize the holiness of God. And even though they were good angels, yet they were very, very careful that they didn't, couldn't look into his face. Because he's so holy, he's so pure, and he's so just and so well, they could they had to cover the bottom part of themselves. That's how much they revered and they worshiped and they respected God. We need to get back to that. And the Bible says, if you thrown out of me, I'll throw out of you. Amen. Yet in the presence of God. They covered their face and lower parts of their body because they cannot bear the splendor. I thank God that when we see Jesus again, we won't have to get a, a description like the angel. We won't have to have this kind of perspective. But the Bible said we shall see him as he is in 1 John 3. He said, doesn't yet appear what we shall be. Now, we don't know all the details yet. But we do know this, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We won't have to see him like John did on the Isle of Patmos. He fell down as a dead man. God is so awesome. He is so splendorous. He is so wonderful. He is so beautiful. John fell down as a dead man. He said, get up, John, you know, because he experienced God in his glory. But one day we will experience him in his glory because we'll have glorified bodies like Jesus. Isn't that going to be wonderful when he appeared? The Bible says in Philippians 3, he will change our vile bodies and fashion it like his glorious body, for he's able to bring everything under his jurisdiction. Aren't you glad that one day these old sinful bodies are going to fall over us and we'll have his glorious, be like his glorious body, and we shall see him as he is. Not like John seen him. Amen. Not like Moses experienced him in the desert, in the burning bush. But can you imagine Seeing that wonderful Savior with his nail-scorn hands, being able to see him as he really is. What a wonderful day that's going to be when we see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. Amen. That's the hope we have as believers. That's why Paul called it in Titus, the blessed hope. It ought to make you happy. That word blessed means happy hope. Amen. Happy hope. We're not being, we should be the most happiest people in the world because we have a blessed hope. Assurance, hope of assurance. Amen. That Jesus is going to come any day now. He may come before the service is over. I don't know. Because his coming is imminent. Amen. 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 Hey, I tell you, 
And the world is getting worse and worse and worse. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. You know why? Because God knows the hearts of sinful man. And he knows if they don't repent and return back to him, it's going to get worse and worse. You find that in 2 Timothy 3 and 4. You know, he said, this knowing the last days, troublesome times shall occur. Man will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, disobedient, incontinent, fierce. We have all that going on today. Amen? Let's get back to our, our scripture here. And at the sound of their voices, it must have been a very thunderous. You have these seraphim flying. They're calling holy, holy. The more they flew, the more they cried holy, the louder they got, and the building shook. My goodness. Why are we so quiet when it comes to worshiping God? Why are we so quiet? And the folks out at, when they worship their stadium gods, out at Bush Stadium, if the place is just crowded, loud, you can hear them all the way from um, Broadway. I mean, I mean, you can hear them. I mean, it's just much. Just they, they're worshiping the stadium gods. And they're not quiet at all. But when we come together, we get so quiet. You know, I'm, I come from a very staunch, um, very well protected. We didn't show too much emotions. We were very staunch. We had a comfort zone. And we stayed in that comfort zone. It doesn't matter what God was just there. The smoke, the place was filled with smoke. We would stay staunch. <laughs> Petrified. Amen. But when we go to a ball game, we lose our false teeth. <laughs> Amen. We shout. And this guy just hit the ball over the fence. But here we got a Savior that took a cross all the way up to Golgotha's hill and died and suffered on it. And we don't get excited. Something's wrong with our faith today, saints. When we don't get excited about Jesus, we're more excited about the stadium gods than we do Jesus. We let our hair down at a ball game. When we come to church, there's a holy hush. Amen. I don't know whether you played a lotto or not. I hope you don't. But when people play the lotto and they win, oh, man, they go crazy, don't they? <laughs> they go crazy. Amen. So their worship and their adoration and their respect and their awesomeness to God, they got louder and louder, and the pulse in the temple just shook. My goodness. And then the Bible said, the temple was filled with the presence of God. Oh, if we could just get ourselves in that position where God said, hey, I am welcome in that place. I think I'll go down. I think I'll go down and show myself mighty among them and bless them. You know, before I became a loving, before I began to fall in love with Jesus, I, 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 I just didn't 
couldn't receive the benefits that he wanted to give me because I didn't love him. And I, I, when I've learned to worship God, I've become a better Christian because I acknowledge his worth. I acknowledge that it is he that has made me. And I, I didn't make myself. And the Bible said we should make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I really thank you for your songs this morning and the, and the congregational participation in singing. You know, nowadays we got hired singers now. We don't have to do anything. We just sit back and be more sanctified, I guess. <laughs> and protect our comfort zones, you know. Amen. And it said, God, and, and, and we need the Bible. And it's going back to our notes here. God's holiness, our daily frustration. Now, let me go back and get where it is. Okay, <laughs> see, speak, the third verse speaks of the threefold holiness. The seraphim were a type of angel whose name is derived from the word burn, indicating their purity as God's ministers in a time when moral and spiritual decay had peaked at its, at, at its, at, at its important, it is important, for Isaiah to see God in his holiness. We live in the last days. We see all the ungodliness, all of the pillage, all of the moral decay in our land. It should make us heck a refocus on God's holiness. We go to movies that, that grieves our spirit, it contaminates our mind, it causes us to just blend in. And our convictions are dampened because we allow ourselves to be entertained by a lot of ungodliness. I don't mind going to movies, but if they're not God and they're not Christian movies, it insults my spirit. It grieves me. And I, I'm someplace where I shouldn't be. And I believe it grieves the Lord. Be careful what your eyes see. Because it, it influenced the way you think. Amen? And the people say, this is a G-rated movie, but they got R-rated previews. Be careful, saints. Be careful what your eyes see. Amen? And when we reflect upon God, it means morally, God's holiness means morally perfect, pure, and set apart from all sin. We also need to discover God's holiness because of our daily frustrations, society's pressure, our shortcomings reduce and narrow our views of God. Looking at all the stuff we see on television, all the dirty words we hear on our jobs, you know what I mean? Um, and we just gloss over it, we, well, it don't bother us no more. That's kind of sad. I was, when I worked at Boeing, we had a manager came into my section. He was cussing and screaming and hollering. I said, wait, hold on. I said, you are violating a, 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 a company ethic rule. You shouldn't be cursing like that. I said, no, you can call Satan anything you want to call him. But when you use my God, in the, it, 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 it offends me. 
And he said, do you know who I am? I said, sir, you just don't know who I am, evidently. <laughs> I'm a minister of the gospel, the grace of God. And I, did, I, re I reserve the right to have your respect. Amen? So my boss found out about that. I told him about that. I said, I'm not, I said, I'm really insulted by your management. He said, well, he went around to all these apartments and listen, don't you dirty language. <laughs> but my life have to say something about what I believed in. I was an average Joe, turning dirty jokes or something. They probably wouldn't have did that. But since he knew that I was, proved that I was a man of God by my life. Listen, your life is the light of men. Amen? The way you live, the way you react with people, the way, the, your conversation with people, it, it really reflects who your God is, the way, the, your mannerism, the way you do your job. Everything reflects upon who, you, who, you, who your father is. You know, I come from a big family, nine boys and four, uh, four girls, and they knew when we out in public, they knew who my father was. Because they know my daddy didn't put up with foolishness. If you disobeyed, if you cut up, you're going to get a good beating when you get home. Amen. Amen. And we need the Bible, God's view, as a high and lifted up to empower, to deal with our problems and concern. God's word, God's moral perfection, Properly seen will purify us from sin, cleanse our minds from problems, and enable us to worship and serve God. Amen. We need to reflect upon that, you know what I mean? Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Children, all in one. God commands us to live holy lives. First Peter 1, it says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. That means God wants you to be pure, well, and just. Amen? Amen. Don't cut, don't, don't cut the corners, you know what I mean? And God expects us to live like that. Amen? Now, I believe in living a pure life. Amen? I went on my job. I worked at Boeing for 39 years, and I would watch. They were on me like everybody had their eyes on me. Everything I did, they watched me. They watched me. Amen? But I knew that they were watching me. That's why before I left home, I said, Lord, they're going to watch me. <laughs> so you watch over me because they're going to watch me. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I decided it's something that you have to decide to do. This is something that you're going to want to do because it glorifies God. In other words, the word glory means I want to put God on display in my life. I want people to see God in me. Amen? Not my attitudes. You know, not my personality. I want them to see God in me. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna we're winding down, brother Sergey. What I got? One more minute or two? Five more minutes. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 That's good. It says, seeing the Lord and listening to the praises of the angel, Isaiah realized he was unclean. He didn't see what while Uzziah was living, you know. But the moment Uzziah was moving, he seen the Lord. And that's the way we should be. The more we experience the God through the word of God, we ought to see ourselves as God sees us. Because the Bible is a mirror. 
It tells us what we look like in the sight of God. It's the perfect law of liberty. And the more you read the Bible, and the more you get into the word of God, it's going to show you your impurities. Amen? It's just like walking into your, your bathroom and looking into a mirror. You've got smut on your face. You don't say, well, praise the Lord, i got smut on my face. What do you do? You get a, a wash rag and you wipe it off. And we read the word of God, and God says, you got sin in your life. So you repent. And you walk away and say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. I didn't notice that until you showed it to me. Amen? Amen. Isaiah realized he was unclean before God. When Isaiah was, when he was touched with a live burning coal, he was told that his sins are forgiven. Aren't you glad that the Bible says your sins are in iniquity when we come and confess our sins and we receive Jesus as our personal Savior? He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I like that word in 1 John when he said he cleanses us. It didn't say just clean us. His, power, his, his blood has a continuous cleansing power. It continues to cleanse us. Amen? Just don't clean us up one time. You say, okay, now you're on your own. It continues to cleanse, cleanse us from all sin. You know, you had a, this um, detergent commercial not long ago. They said, Oxidile will wash your clothes, but it takes tide to make them clean. Yeah, all kind of <laughs> But take the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all sin. And when we sin, when we see ourselves as God sees us, we confess. He confessed our sins. It speaks about fellowship. Amen? It's not that God... When we confess, it doesn't mean that you're forgiven. You've already got that. But it means that your fellowship is restored. John is talking about fellowship in First John. Your sins are taken care of at the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, that means every sin that you've done in the past, your present, and the future is washed in the blood of Jesus. He don't cover us. He washes us away. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. And when you come and confess your sins, the Bible says he is just to forgive you and he's, and forgive you from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, and, and the burning coals that touched his lip, that wasn't the forgiving agent. It was God that forgives us. And he keeps on forgiving us over and over and over in the book of um, Hebrews 7. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Aren't you glad that you got an intercessor, that you got a lawyer that stand before the judge and plead our case when we sin? He ever liveth to make intercession for us. That's how we can survive as Christians. You know, it's not your life that, it's not your holy life. You live a holy life because you are a Christian, not to be one. But it's, it's Jesus' intercessory prayer, according to the 17th chapter of John. The Bible said he prayed for us. Not only prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, then he prayed for us. And he will continue to pray for you. So don't ever think just because you sin, it's all over. You have an advocate. I like the way one writer put it. You 
have a problem with the law and you get in trouble and you stand before the judge and the judge is your lawyer's father and he presents your case to the, the father. Wow, father. And my lawyer is his son. I think I got a good case here. I think, my, I think the case is going to be dismissed, amen, because God is always pleased with his son. He may not be pleased with us, but I thank God he's pleased with the man that stood in the cross, stood, at, stood between me and God one day over 2,000 years ago. He suffered and died at the hands of sinful men. God turned it back on him in those dark hours. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I believe the reason God forsook him so he wouldn't have to forsake us. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.